Welcome to the Culture Bunker, your weekly pop culture booster jab. I am Alex Andreu. And I am Sean Patton. On today's show, we're discussing Their Farewell. Aquafina stars in a beautiful culture clash tale now streaming on Netflix, among other platforms. What's so good about it and why must you watch it? Find out. Plus, we have Bright Magic, the new album from Square Out, Beatniks, Public Service Broadcasting. We watch Sweetheart, a coming-of-age British movie out in cinemas today. All of that and more on today's Culture Bunker. How are you, Sean? I'm very well. How are you, Alex? I'm all right. <laughs> I've been reading about neurodiversity and young adult literature this week ahead of talking to some authors on Saturday. Oh, how fantastic. Yeah, it's been absolutely fascinating. It's What's been your really, blow, really blow your mind takeaway? Um, is that we do need more women talking about neurodiversity because it isn't um, diagnosed in women as young as it is uh, with boys, things mm. like that. There's lots of literature about that. Lots of stuff for kids now that just wasn't around when we... We were young, so so I've been listening to pop music all week and reading poems. <laughs> and if it ain't one Harrison, it's another. Ian Harrison of Mojo magazine is here to alleviate us missing brother <laughs> Andrew, like Frank de Burst sweeping up behind Ronald. He's just lazy, isn't he? <laughs> I am there, drinking the Brunuzo. Yes, we have with us our Ian. Associate Editor of News at Mojo Magazine, formerly of some magazines that sadly do not exist anymore, Select, Q Deluxe Magazine, apparently. Motorcycle News, that's still going. Hello, Ian, how are you? I'm awfully well, thank you, and I am my own person. <laughs> I try not to mention the family connection too much. No, I'm very well, and it's, you know, it's really nice to be in a room with actual people looking at them. It's been far too long <laughs> looking at the neighbour's cats for, for company. Here, yeah, here. Yeah. Absolutely. What have you been working on at Mojo? What's going down with the kids? What's going, what's going down with the kids? Well, there's a question, Sean. I mean, mm. obviously, because, because of who we are, we, we, we exist in all times and none. So um, I've been... T- writing a piece about the gentle people who ah. you remember from the 90s, yes. from the mid-90s easy listening who, boom. who don't remember, what are the gentle people doing now? They well, were, yeah, as you say, part of the easy I, listening. I think they sort of, the, the, they, the, they will always exist in one form or another, but they are not, I don't think they're currently active recording. But the other weird thing about this, which I've got to say, is that in this office we are now in the studio we're in, was uh, my good pal P.P. Roy's um, home when he was the caretaker mm-hmm. of, I think it was called Clarendon Buildings in those days. And uh, with it, he had a fantastic uh, employer, Mr. Bailey. So if anyone out there knows, you know, get in touch and we can remember the great days of Cabin G. Can you describe P.P. Roy for us, for all those people who don't know? A man for all seasons. A DJ, perhaps? DJ, raconteur, mm. humanitarian, artist. One of those people that pops up in interviews about other musicians. I would say, yeah. He's one of those characters, isn't he? He's, he's a channel for the gestalt, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But we also have a special star guest. I don't mean to imply Ian <laughs> is not special or a star indeed, don't we, Sean? We do, and you're so smooth, Alex. We absolutely do. We are privileged to have with us one of the founding members of epoch-making, barrier-breaking, pot-melting, legendary band The Specials, who, alongside cohorts Terry Hall and Horace Panther, has been rocking in the free world since 1977. The Culture Bunker gives a warm welcome to Limville Golding. Good morning, good afternoon, <laughs> what time, what day it is, what year it is. Well, it's, it's, it is so strange to think back, like, I was just talking to um, Shane, our man from the, from the record company, and he, and he told me when he bought the seven inch of, of Gangster, the first, the first single. Yeah. And it's only like, no, when I reflect back and I listen back to, you know, I think, my God, we broke some rules to, to make mm. this record, and 
Because I remember um, when we mastered it, obviously we had no idea what mastering or nothing like that. But Jerry, and Jerry wanted this record to sound like come, it's just come out, out from a sound system. I know sound system is always distortion bass and heavy bass line. And when we had the first test pressing, put the needle on the record. But the needle on the record is just jump and jump and jump. <laughs> so I had to go back and remaster it again. And, and I just really think I can appreciate that now, mm. what we've done. Mm. Because w- w- when you're part of it, you don't really see, mm. you know, you don't get it. It's so far. It's now sort of looking at it from the outside, you know. Mm. And pl- and when I play that record, I just, I mean, a couple of strong here that I got on the back of my neck just stand yeah. up, you know. Yeah. It's been wonderful, wonderful over the 40-something years. We've, it's, 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 um, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's like 40-something years. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's yeah. wonderful yeah. for us too, Linville, but yeah. we will talk to you about it. Can, can, I just, can I just say the dub version of Gangsters that came out? Yep. I love that. Yes. It's just totally brilliant, that. Mm. Definitely inspired by the likes of like um, Lee Perry and King Tubby and all those mm. wonderful guys. I had a chat with somebody about Abbey Road and the the the, the um the echo chamber in there and and actually when you think of those guys who who invented those those sounds you know mm. and the reverb and the, the, the all those sort of stuff right but who really used them mm. yeah. to create this wonderful music we we even listen today yeah. mm. Lee Perry God bless him yeah, no. you know King Tubby you know all those guys you yeah. know from the the, the roots Jamaican stuff you know. We are delighted to welcome Linville. As a member of the specials, he wasn't just at the birth of the two-tone movement. He was in the delivery room with full scrubs on. And let us not forget the spin-off series, the band with perhaps the best name in pop ever. Linville, of course, was one-third of Fun Boy 3. With Banana Rama. Oh, yes. wonderful, yeah. A champion of diversity, the Black Lives Matter movement, and now a resident of Washington State, I believe. Linville joined the protests in his adopted town after George Floyd was murdered in 2020. And there is a new specials album out. And funnily enough, it is called Protest Songs, 1924 to 2012. It's a collection of 12 tunes, reimaginings of folk, blues and pop, but all with a common theme. Linwell, we're so delighted to have you on oh, the show. Thank you. You've been closely involved with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. including releasing a stunning track called BLM a couple of years ago. Um, as inspiring as the movement has been, is there also a part of you that is frustrated that in the year of our Lord 2021, we are still having to argue such basic stuff as Black Lives Matter? Also, like from from you know from where I'm coming from, right? Because you know, you know, I was born in Jamaica, brought up and went to school in Gloucester. Mm. Obviously, experience raised them from school, mm. and to to see, you know, I wrote a song called "Why." Yes. And there's there's that's a question that um, they can't seems to have a, an answer that makes sense to me. Why mm. all this? I mean, and the thing that in, in, right now, after it's just like what, what we've done with the special, with the special, like it doesn't make it all right. Not because you're black, mm-hmm. not because you're white. It doesn't mean you have to hate him. It doesn't mean you have to fight. I live in America, right? And it's such a divided country. Mm. And I'm just saying, well, you know, we've been singing these words, saying these words for the last 40 years. And um, I think, how far have we got? You know, right now, as you can see, yes. I got a shirt and and it's, 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 why do we need to take the knee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing I must say where I lived in, in America, it was, it was you know, predominantly white area I lived in and um, it was really strange because like um, my father-in-law said well, well um, you're here nobody bothers you and you're fine and I said yeah, but it's not it's not it's not about me it's about the inner city and the blacks in the inner city mm. so they're the one that I'm concerned about you mm. know mm. more than anything because like they after, with me I, I would say I've experienced a bit of like 
what privilege is like. But the, the privilege, what I experience, right, is because of the music business that I'm in. As far as they concerned, I'm a star. Mm. So I get privilege mm. treatment. Mm. Not white privilege, but black privilege treatment. <laughs> it's really funny because of, because of what I do and, and what I stand for, you know. I think it's quite sad that right now that we still have to be out there and still have to get on the stage and sing these songs. Yeah. These songs should be put to bed, mm. put to rest. It's mm. another generation. How did we... Why haven't we moved on? Mm. And um, you, we've gone through the band with um with the National Front, and we got off the stage, and we have you know obviously we were younger at the time. We had a few guys that says if you want to come into a concert, you're coming here, but you're not coming here. With, and and, and Zeke Island that nonsense. We're not having this. We're having you're welcome here, but you're going to come in, and you're going to be part of this unit that we're trying to put together, people united, not divided. Mm. And we do that. And you think to yourself, well, and one thing we'll say right. At concert, no, right? We don't see that. So we have made progress. But we can't take our eyes off the, the big picture because yeah. it don't take a, a, a little thing like what's like um crossing the, the, the channel for um for us to get back into a divided country again, you know? Mm. The Brexit, get back into a divided country. We're still pissed off about it. <laughs> you know? Mm. Bunker regular Dorian Linsky wrote a book called 33 Revolutions Per Minute. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of history of protest songs. And he writes that he started the book as a history, but by the end wonder if he was writing a eulogy. Over the last years, from Arab Spring to the London rise, from Occupy to austerity, the refugee crisis, Brexit, like you said, Windrush, mm-hmm. to Trump and Johnson, protest music has not been a central a feature of uh, of the revolt as it has been in the past why do you think that is i think with with protests right it's it, usually it's the young the young ones you know the, the youth you know because obviously we you can say the two tone thing was probably the last youth movement mm. you know because and we, we we visually and you know we, we had a movement there you know for instance, where, where, where Jerry wrote Free Nelson Mandela, you know, and he helped educate people about apartheid, what was happening in South Africa. Because even me, I didn't realize until I saw, until mm. Jerry mm. come, and I thought, yeah, let me dig deep and find, you know. Mm. And eventually I got on from Coventry and come to London and go, go to South Africa, I was on travels and join the, the, the movement to um, liberate um, um, South Africa, to, you know. Probably what's lacking today is it's, it's youth getting involved more. I think young people, because uh, I look back and, and where I'm coming from, right? We were the one who changes. Yeah, yeah. The other, we got on the stage yeah, yeah. and we, we, yeah, so we got out of the stage. We had a, a few scuffle with a few National Front mm. um, supporters and we threw them out. Mm. So if you want to come in here, come in here, you're going to come and join our, 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 our together mm. movement mm. or you got to go elsewhere. I think probably that's what I've noticed now that students um, now, I'm not sure where the student leaders are, you know, mm. who's mm. leading. Mm. Because I, I would say like through through music, we got involved in all the students because back in the, back in them days, you had lots of functions at, at um um stu- at, at, at colleges. We go and play at the university and college, and it was where we all got together, you know. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not sure if that's really happening today. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, the word polarized comes to mind, mm. but that may be a bigger conversation about mm. how people do feel more mm. separate than together. Much more from Linval in a moment. We have been floored by the response to our new little big mouth bunker hybrid 
basket case creature. <laughs> In the words of Sally Field, you like us, you really like us. Sign up to support the bunker on Patreon and you'll get all our shows a day early without adverts, plus smart merchandise and extras too, like our star guests choosing favourite records of all time. That's the Culture Bunker at the weekend, our weekly politics panel show on Mondays for Patreon backers, and shorter bunker dailies during the week. With the finest minds chewing the finest fat, it's a veritable feast. Search Patreon Bunker Podcast to find out more. Nimble Golding. As we said, it's amazing to have you with us. Thank and you. you are doing a gruelling UK tour. So sort of mm-hmm. almost as we speak, you're, you're between gigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yesterday, there's tomorrow, there's tonight. We're going to play a tune first from the album before we talk about the album. Protest Songs 1924-2012 is the title. And to wet your proverbial whistle, dear listener, here is Freedom Highway. And I won't turn around There is just one thing I don't understand Why some folks think that freedom Is not for everyone March The Freedom Highway March Each and every day March The Freedom Highway Freedom Highway, originally by the Staples Singers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, we were talking about Dorian Linsky there, but the history of music could almost be seen as one long protest song. I think some love songs are protest songs. Mm. Why won't you love me? Why don't you love me? In that way, I'm going to make my stand. But Limville, why protest and why now for the specials? Before the lockdown, mm. we, you know, we sort of, come to, yeah, let's, let's do another another record. Then, because I, I live in America, and the richest guy lives in between Coventry and, and London, you know? Mm. And um, obviously, the lockdown just stop us from getting together. Although we, although we have Zoom, but it's not the same, yeah. you know. And Terry was so it's very difficult for him to be locked into a room because he can't function that way, you know. Mm. That changed everything, you know. Um, approach to making this record because I was born in Jamaica. The idea was to go to Jamaica and, and record this next album, you know. Mm. So it, it would have been a totally different uh, look at it, approach yeah. to it musically. Because yeah. Jamaica, of course, roots of where I'm coming from, yeah, like, you know. So um, Terry just come up with this idea, why don't we just do a protest album? And you start thinking, well, yeah, protest album, protest songs. And you think about, we saw, thought about that. All right, yes. Protest right through the 60s, right through Vietnam War, right through the whole lot, right through, you know, civil rights movement, everything, protest. And that's 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 what the idea was born. And, and, and protest music, what is protest music? Mm. What does protest mm. music sound like? I mean, we do have some of the hardcore um, fans who, I think, misunderstand what the specials are about. And um, they think it's one album. Mm-hmm. But the second album, and I've got to give Jerry credit for that on 100%. And when Jerry did it, we, we all think, get us to do that. With, Jerry, are you, have, have you gone crazy or what, you know? For more specials. For more specials. Yeah. Have you seen... International Jet Set. Fantastic <laughs> record. Yeah. Stereotype. Yeah. Amazing. Right? Holiday Fortnite. Sackdom JB. Mm. You know, it got into this um, music and lounge music. And, mm. Mm. and you see our first album fans, you know? Beer slinging and, 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 you know? Anything well, they probably thought we got, you know, but Jay was is such, such an incredible visionary, you know? And what we've done, although he's not with us right now, we've carried on that vision and this one now we decided right we're going to make a, a, a protest album what does a protest album sound like 
And what is protest music? And what is protest music? That's and what we've done. That's mm. what we would say that you have mm. done. We have something like, and you do the lead vocal on Bob Marley, Get mm. Up, Stand Up. Mm. But there's a Leonard Cohen song, for instance, which people might not automatically presume yeah. is a protest song. Yes. So tell mm. us about the pick. Did you all just sort of have an enormous bun fight? In front of yeah. We, oh, we, <laughs> how oh my you God. chose we, 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 we had, um, it, was, it was so funny because we had, we had so much songs to choose from. And we, and we get into a, a, a state of mind where Terry wanted to go and, us to go and record this song in a barn. <laughs> in a barn. <laughs> to get, get, get the vibe of it, you know. Yeah. And that was, and there was, was so much songs to choose from because it's like, you know, obviously there's uh, the obvious, you know, like um one which which I choose but didn't get for it, which is because I love that song. All we are saying is give me ah, some time. Okay. Yes, I was going to mention. They said it was, it, Len, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's, it's too popular. We need to find yeah. something more. Yeah. And um, when we did find, like, this little song I'm singing about, mm, mm. people you know it's mm. true, if you're black enough to work for a living, this is what the... Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly... I can feel that song from, from you know, uh, those lyrics, you know? Mm, from mm. nightclubs to, to the workplace, to, you know? We narrowed it right down. And it, it, it was quite easy. The songs just sell themselves to you, you know? Oh, my God, yes, definitely. There's lots of songs to choose from. Yes. But we narrowed it right down. It was very easy to narrow it down, yeah? And if anyone's expecting Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, Bob Dylan is such an incredible artist, yeah. right? Yeah. We, because if, if you think about it, we've done a Bob Dylan song. Not in this record. Maggie's Farm. Maggie's Farm, exactly. Yes, well so done. people who know the special history, yeah, 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 we can yeah, go yeah. back and say, well, yeah, they did a Bob Dylan song. Mm. Listen, the way they treat, you know, the, the way they treat the Bob Dylan song, right? It's a protest song. And that's what we did. We delivered a protest song musically. That's through Jerry's influence. Hmm. Alex mentioned BLM. And you can see, I mean, we can see the thread from the, you know, the first single in the mm. first album. But you can see the thread from BLM as well to this album. It all mm. makes complete sense. You live in America. How were the protests, say, for instance, in this country, seen from an American point of view the run-up to this album the inspiration for this thing what mm. were you seeing and how were you as Linville experiencing mm. what the way on? this thing George Floyd sort of um, exploded mm. around the world right it wasn't like sort of a well here's England here's Germany there's France it was like one big yeah everywhere right. everywhere yeah. it just yeah. and I was like I mean because I was like where I live you know and to see young people coming out um, and march with them right because I live in that where I live there was only about five blacks around that area you know I live right around in the country, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I've seen all these young kids come out, 15, 16, 17 year old kids, shouting, Black Lives Matter, right? I'm, I'm going, oh my God, we have turned the corner. But when you go into the middle of America, I think it's a different story there. Washington State is very, very, very a liberal state. Washington, Portland, very liberal. Mm. But I'm still quite shocked to think that how many millions of people who voted for Trump for a second term? I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Mm. After what we've all seen and what we've gone through, yeah, mm. <sighs> it's the, the struggle and the fight will, will, yeah. will, will yeah. you know, will never stop. You know, yeah. Mm. I mean, the instrumentation is quite sparse on this, and you're mm. not. I just want to talk musically. Is you're not really leaning on your trademark sound here. This is not a specials kind of um, stadium gig. Um, album. It's mm. very folky. It's very stripped down at mm. points. Mm. Was that really deliberate? Did you try some things in a kind of it was way, up, and it, it just? I think it was, it was it was a natural progression from what where Jerry started from. Right. So it was it was easy for for us to once we got over more specials, and after after more specials, we went to do, do the Fun Boy three stuff. Yes. You know, like um, songs like Belfast, only half an hour away, you know? <laughs> yeah. you think of the, um, I think one of the, the most funniest lyrics, because uh, Terry's just like, um, I would say to anyone that I've been blessed 
to be able to work with Jerry Damas and Terry All. One of the best arranger, wonderful brain, that's Jerry. Mm. Lyrically, you cannot beat Terry. Because mm. anyone who could could who could put make uh, lyrics fit into a song at the end of and goes, does anybody know oh, any yeah. jokes? I mean, that's a genius. <laughs> yeah. The more I see, the less I believe. I believe yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Terry's done that. So I'm blessed to work with two yeah. amazing creative guys. You do. I mean, you, you are mentioning, you know, Jerry quite a lot. I mean, just kind of still feel like he's kind of with you in a way, you know? Yes. Because I, I do think musically we keep evolving right through. It's, it's like Jerry's there with us. Mm. We still carry on with the good work because yeah. he's done some f- fantastic work. Yeah, and we yeah. just carried on. Yeah. Although I think you know the this difference in sound encore was quite a different sound as well, wasn't it? That was also, a, mm. I think, quite an advance. So. Mm. Yes. Mm. When the when the Windrush scandal was exposed, you mm. wrote in the big issue, I think, mm-hmm. that you got so mad you had to untangle everything you had been taught mm-hmm. that you felt in a way that you had been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. A few years on, where have you landed? Do you feel less confident of your Britishness or has it just changed to something different, maybe even stronger? Mm. I think that with me, obviously, because I'm, I'm from the Windrush generation. Mm. And the ship that I come to England and was called this Ascana, which I think is, is an Italian. So I come, you know, I'm part of that generation, you know. There's things that I never got taught in school, like, you know, black history, which is, to me, black history shouldn't just be yeah. one month. Yeah. It should be all the year round because we lived it every, every every day, you know. So we should be taught, that should be taught, you know. I think um, when I look back and think of what I've gone through growing up, I mean, because like, obviously come from Jamaica, I, I had no experience of racism at all. Mm. You know, when um, at school when I got called racist name, right? I, I, I had no idea what they're talking mm. about. Mm. Oh, I found out about what some of these names or was when this guy spit in my face. And I goes, that's not nice. That's hatred. So I ended up having a big brawl with him. Mm. I beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to anyone right now, from my experience, right, been born in Jamaica, and I will say this now, I was born in Jamaica. Mm. I am living in America now, mm. but England is my home. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've gone through all my growing up, and England is my mm. home. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Well, we could talk all day. I kind of want to talk all day, but we've got a show to do. (laughs) We need to say, though, Mm. for everybody, Protest Songs 1924 to 2012 is out on October the 1st. October 1st, yes. Pre-order now. Mm. Definitely. Now let's have a tune from one of our guests, their editor's recommendation, as it were. Ian, what have you picked out from the abundant crop of new releases? Well, it's a new release... in physical form today. It's been oh. out for a little bit. Oh. It is angel- in, in what form? It's on, I, think it's on a, I think it's on a 12-inch now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was formerly um, just, you know, online. Yeah, it is a- from Angel Olsen's Isles EP. And she's done a big load of 80s cover versions because they like that, don't they, the young people? They, they, they love do. the 80s yes, for yes. some reason. 80s is... It's, it's really, yeah. it's really it's because hit. they weren't around. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, so it is a cover version of Alphaville's Forever Young um, which I thought Forever was, young, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she sort of adds extra layers of poignancy, um, you know, as she as she would mm. do. 
Definitely. And you like that too, don't you, Sean? Um, I love this EP. I absolutely love it. I love the Men Without Hats cover, which mm. she just turns so dark. But it's also about not being able to dance with people because of COVID, I think. It's just yeah. fantastic. So I'm a big angel. Yeah, no, I think all of the, the songs do, they do work on extra yeah. levels mm. and all oh, that. Yes. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. So let's give that a quick listen. Remember, you can hear the tracks played today on our Spotify playlist. Just search Bunker Playlist and listeners who use other streaming platforms, we are looking into ways to share. This week we watched The Farewell, a remarkably funny film about death from 2019, (laughs) available on Netflix from this week. It is directed by Lulu Wang and stars musician and actor Nora Lum, who may be better known to you as Aquafina, in a thoughtful and affecting central performance. The film follows a Chinese family, most of which has emigrated, half to America and half to Japan, who on getting news that the family matriarch, their Nai Nai, has only a short while left to live, decide not to tell her, but schedule a big family gathering to say goodbye. Here's a taste. What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Your nan is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Don't you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, then we'll find out right away. Shouldn't we tell her? Isn't that wrong to lie? It's a good lie. Most families in China would choose not to tell her. She's dying. Can you be a little more sensitive? What do you want from me? To scream and cry like you? Ah! <laughs> Ian, can you set this up for us? What 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 the film is about? What is the film about? Mm. What is the film about? Um, it's going to sound terribly corny, but it is about <laughs> it's about you know what it is to be um, human and to to lose things and to gain things and mm. to understand what it all means. I was watching this, so I kept getting very hungry. There's lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Oh, Food. Yes. That is and so I was true. thinking about the same, so I'm sort of hungry. There's all these sort of um another thing is it's very family centered, you know? Mm. Um and as the main character does say, you know, in America, where she lives in America, you just don't have that. And it made me think of that too. It made me think a lot about my own life, actually. Mm. Um I don't I think these it's an incredibly relatable film in lots of ways. Um it balances the um you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there's some pretty heavy things going on. But there's also moments, you know, tremendous light and shade in it. Um, very sympathetic people, you know, very fallible people. Mm. And uh, I think the, as you were saying this earlier, Alex, the central performance is by Nai Nai. You know, it's the the grandmother. Yeah, the major. Who is, um, yeah, you know, kind of reminded me of my own grandmother. Yeah. What did you make of it, Sean? You've, you'd seen it before in the cinema. Yes, yeah, so I saw it How on did the it fare at the second... Um, well, there is so much in it, and it's one of those films that you can watch again, and I was very glad to watch it again. At the cinema, I found it really affecting because you're hit with things the first time, and the idea that family is so imperfect but so important is the really affecting thing, is that we lie and we almost steal to mm. protect ourselves. We don't tell the truth to protect other people, and it's about that contradiction and but it comes across extremely strongly i love aquafina's performance and i know some people find it quite blank but i think she's purposely just a rabbit caught in the headlights of a very different culture that she i believe she'd grown up in and she so the character has left china 
a very early age to move to New York and has assimilated into Western culture, but coming back to it just goes, what did I miss? Mm. Because her life in New York is so isolated and so very, very different from her grandmother's And not circle. going to plan, I guess. <laughs> and not going mm. to plan. Yes, yeah, she's she's failed as such yeah. in, in some of the things that she wants to do career-wise. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have children. Those sorts of things. And I, I, I think it's a really beautiful film. And... I think it's better on the big screen. I found it a bit of a shame that streaming's great, but, mm. you know, and it's here and it's now and you can watch it immediately. But for this really to have the effect that it did have, I would I would advise get a projector and put it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't seen what it before. What did you before. think? Yes. Um, uh, what was, I, I do think Aquafina's central performance is really very good. Um, and I love the physicality she mm. brought to it. I had to go on YouTube and watch interviews with her okay. because I wondered, is that slouching? It's almost like she doesn't have a neck in the film. Oh, I love that. I wondered, yes. is that thing the way she normally is? And it's not. No. It's, it was genuinely like she was, she was carrying the weight of this yes, secret. Yes, or she's hollowed out yes, in, in was, the sense that she's not there herself. There was something about yeah. her mm. that she was almost like those... Puppets, you know, mm. the, the, from from the the dark crystal that sort of just have a a head poking out of a body. Mm. Um, I think props to Anna Francesca Solano. The, the cinematography is beautiful. She yeah. makes the urban landscapes just look breathtaking. I thought the music was really beautiful, both the original music by Alex Weston and the curated music, mm. the, the the different tracks. The, there's there's a moment when. Eliana Boynton comes on with a sort of spiritual rendition of Leonard Cohen's uh, Come Healing. Mm -hmm. And it lands like a punch in the gut uh, at that moment when they're all going to the airport. All of the cast do a great job, but I think Zhao Shuzhen as Naina is truly mm. the heart of the film. And the film, in a way, depends on her because she's so warm, she's so positive and so central to the soul of that family that you end up supporting the decision not to tell her she's dying because to wipe that smile off that face feels like a crime against mm. humanity. And so she... she um manipulates the moral choice in you in a right, really yeah. subtle, wonderful way. I wanted to ask the panel a few things. I started the film feeling really quite certain that my Western, the patient has an absolute right to know sensibilities mm. were absolute and inviolable. Mm -hmm. And I became increasingly unsure of this during the film. And there's a twist in the final frame, which I won't reveal, that sent me spinning. So without spoilers, did anyone else find they went on a similar journey? That I thought I, I immediately could see the the logic of that decision, hmm. you know, and almost like if I was in that position, would I want my time to be defined by something, or would I prefer the comforting lie? Hmm. You I mean I, if you you were in the position of yeah, the grandmother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't really know what the. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? We don't really know. Hmm. What is the right thing to do? Mm. Well, maybe we do, but I'm, I'm still on the side. But I, I can definitely see why it would be a... The, the, when he says it's the emotional burden we have to carry for her. Yeah. You know, and then that leads into a whole different view of, you know, family and society, really, doesn't it? Very different from the very atomized lives that we often live. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, I mean, it, but it, I, I don't know the answer. It's like we know you said, you know, she goes back at the end. Mm. I still think that to try and... You mean... Billy, yes, the character but Billy, goes back but Billy to America. I think to yes, try when and she says she wants to actually stay, yeah. she does go. If she yeah. did stay, it's like that thing, isn't it? It's moving to the country during lockdown. 
After about, <laughs> about two days, mm. you'd be saying, everyone is here in my face with their problems. Mm. I have no peace. I'm mm. expected to be with people all the time. You know, it's a mm. hard thing to go back to, really, isn't it? Fairly open-ended, though. I was yeah. thinking she might go back and see her grandma. No spoilers. Yeah. I mean, that that sentence you mentioned is precisely the one that struck me most because I look after a parent that is in the final mm. stages of Alzheimer's. So for different reasons, it's pointless to keep saying to her, you have Alzheimer's, you know. It's pointless to keep upsetting her mm. with things. It's sort of up to us to keep her happy and her mood light um, because she's very mercurial and she's naturally prone to actually be happy and light. Mm. So it that that phrase that it's the family that has to carry the emotional burden of some diseases really strikes home with me. And that 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 is humans at their best, isn't it? Mm. When we we are doing things for other people. I think I think it's quite nice to be able to share it, spread it out. You know. Yeah. Because would I want to? Be told twenty four seven. You know, your time's come. You're gonna be an ass. That's what you're gonna be. Or do you just want to just like say, let, let's let's live, take each yeah. day as it comes. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously, those who are more um, fitter than you, they can be carried that, that emotional baggage. Mm. But is it would it be right to throw that emotional that baggage on someone? Yeah. It's terminally ill. Yeah. Yeah. It really does make you ask that question. It yeah. does. And also, I mean, let's face it. You know, I hate to say this to everybody, but nobody is getting out of this alive, right? Well, that, that, that is fact. That is yeah, fact. That is fact. Yes. And we are going through it. I found it very, you know, like it's purging, you know, purging and cathartic and all that stuff, you know, mm. to just sit there and think about this, but then go, but you know what? There's, it's still worth being alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's always worth being alive. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we're, yeah. panning, we're still <laughs> panning for gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, the, the nuggets get smaller, but we pan mm. away. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the scene when um, Nai Nai is saying, well, look at this lovely doctor, you know, he'd do for you, you know, to her granddaughter. <laughs> that, that was very funny as well. Mm. Um, Lindwell, the film highlights the importance of the family unit, especially around the table, as Ian was mm. pointing out. In Nai Nai ordering eat eat and mm-hmm. just pointing to all the dishes around the mm. table I saw every Greek grandmother <laughs> as I'm sure you would see every Jamaican one mm. has the western rise of individualism come at the cost of the family unit because we do contrast that with mm. New York where mm. she's very alone isn't mm. she mm. I think because like like for me for you know where I, I had to leave my mother was left in Jamaica I moved from Jamaica oh, so to moved England with your dad, yeah. Yeah, to, mm. to my father, you know. And um, when you're like, you know, living in like sort of rural Jamaica, it's like village. Mm. You know everyone there. Mm. Uh, and there's a, 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 a sort of a family sort of bond togetherness with you can shout down that road and <laughs> somebody is shouting down. <laughs> and in England, we I think um, um, we lost that family togetherness, you know, because of the way um, life in England is. You get up, you go to work, and you go, you know, you, you, you're nine till five, and your parents' goal is to make sure you got a roof for your head and food to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. That is it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's times where, like, um, we're like in Jamaica, where, where we have family gathering together. In England, it was not the same because my peers were working all the overtime, my dad was working all the overtime that they were mm. to take yeah. care of us, you know? Yeah. So I think, like, in, in, that's one that I, I would say, um, living in, in, in a village, right? It's a nice vibe yeah. with everyone, all cousins and aunties and everyone there together. You know, it's, it's lovely. Come to England, that are, that are changing, you know? 
Try living mm. in a housing cop, you end up knowing everybody. Mm. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> the Farewell is available to stream now in the UK on Netflix and other streaming services. Right then, we'll have some music. And I'm just going to say abracadabra. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Bright Magic is the new album from Public Service Broadcasting, the band formed by J. Wilgoose Esquire, as he's known. 2013's debut was called Inform, Educate and Entertain and used archival samples from the British Film Institute, so we know it may be slightly geeky territory we'll be on. Recorded at world-famous Hansa Ton Studio in Germany, which I do not need to remind anybody was the locations of sessions which spawned Bowie's Berlin trilogy, Depeche Mode's finest, also hosting YouTube to R.E.M. and many, many more. How does this new record stand up? From the album, here is People Let's Dance. Calm, dance. Weimar Republic Service Broadcasting. Ian Harrison, I'm going to start with you because I think that you know this group fairly well. Sort of. I, I did write the. I've written a couple of press right. biographies for them. Yes, so, so you uh, know this album. I've been to Jay Wilgus's shed mm-hmm. in his garden. Was it magic for you? Always, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that this is. Um, it's a really good record. This is, mm-hmm. and also it's. Um, it's quite a departure from the previous records. There's very. I mean, it, it's about uh, basically a concept album about Berlin. So. Yeah. There isn't the um, the archival samples that we're kind of used to. There are mm-hmm. other kinds of samples. There's one of them is from a, a sound collage. I think it's called Wochenende um, by somebody whose name I forgot. The end of the sorry. week. There you go. Yeah, which is from about 1928, I believe. So mm-hmm. he's, it's a deep dive into um, basically, you know, it starts off in the swamps, basically, of Berlin, where the city was built. Mm-hmm. And then it goes through and sort of lists the various um, epochs. It does not do the Second World War. Or the East German question, it, it, it leaves so that they're an absence. I think which are they're, they're noticeable, but they are absent. Mm. It's more about um, I think that the about Berlin as a, a great metropolis, and about how cities are sort of great drivers of um, of human progress and are fascinating places to be. And he does this by um, selecting sort of facets of it. Um, you've got you know, references to the Weimar Republic mm-hmm. and sort of a great sort of cultural freedom, personal freedoms that were there even in the, the 1920s. Mm. He talks about there's one um, which is about electric lighting. Very interesting. Yes, he, Im Licht he, apparently yes. is inspired by light bulbs. Yes, and he, and he, he walks down the street and he, and he has a, a special um, some kind of frequency decoder, I don't know what it's called, but he walked around uh, on the the street where the very first streetlights were in Berlin and uh, records the vibrations. So I want to ask you, recorded at Hansa, as I mm. said, does that make a difference? What does this album sound like? We've talked conceptually, but... What's it sound like? Well, I mean, that there are... Are we are... expecting a Hansa sound? Um, well, I think, that, you know, he admits that there is a, you know, a, a debt to to David <laughs> and his records and, and yes. in Depeche Mode. Yes. Um, there are also, you could probably detect other... Sort of German groups. I was, you know, there's sort of tangerine dream influences in some parts mm-hmm. of it. What does it sound like? Some of it is upbeat pop mm-hmm. um, with the tunes. Some of it is a bit more, um, you know, a bit more amorphous. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's never anything less than, you know, uh, a fascinating listen, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about um, People Let's Dance. Yes. One of those is very much, this is going to be on the poppier end, this is the tune. And also Blue Heaven, yes. which seems to be inspired by Marlena Dietrich and that, that idea, that Weimar idea coming through. If you, you just be whoever you... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's yeah, so it's that romantic ideal of you know of the of the of the pre-war decadence yes. of Berlin, which you know you know certainly you know fascinated me as a you mm-hmm. know as a, from being in the regions as a teen. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a watchword, isn't it? For yeah, something more, something beyond. You know, oh, yeah. what you're somehow used to. still there in Berlin. It somehow lingers right. that sense of a slight decadence that it's okay to be a pervert mm. that <laughs> all of that stuff there's something about berlin so there alex is... i want to ask you is this a retrospective or a futuristic record oh i, <laughs> I have no idea um <laughs> because I... obviously it's looking no, back no, I... and then there I are know. other issues Tell i know me. um i think it's a record that taps into the personality that a city has mm that is actually diachronous, that is both past and present and mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. It it sort of lasts forever, and that's what I get from it. I love the variety mm. of the tracks going from one to the other. I love that some of them seem to be made out of sheet metal <laughs> and some of them are made out of belly button fluff. Right. And somehow they fit together. Yeah. Um, and there's something about the record that every track, but individually, but also the record as a whole... It sort of starts brooding, mm. but then it turns uplifting. Mm. I can't really mm. describe it, but it leaves it you is, with yeah. smiling for no reason. I, mm. I just, I just found it left me very happy, very light, mm. um, which is the the best kind of happy. You yes, know, for I no agree. It, it's, there's a lot of movement in it, and so when it gets quite dark, uh, the visitor has um, has quite a lot of low. You mentioned David, yes. I believe Bernie yes. has quite a lot of that low thing, and it has that brooding thing. But then, in the middle of the song, it then suddenly lifts and it does something else, mm. and you get that extension in it. So, in fact, this album is giving you songs which are moving mm. within themselves and and not giving you ex- what you expect is what I no, thought. No, yes, absolutely. It was surprising at every turn. <laughs> I mean, bits of it are like lost soundtrack to Blade Runner. Especially at the opening, yes. I thought I could see the, the ships sort of passing in the smog with those mm. huge um, mm. uh, adverts, you mm. know, on, on billboards. I, I just thought it was... I thought it was beautiful and it was thoughtful. Mm. Um, I mean, my one tiny criticism was that occasionally that kind of vibe can tip over from early Jean-Michel Jarre, which is quite honest, to late Jean-Michel Jarre, which is a little (laughs) bit grandiose. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes Uh, it knows it's clever. A bit showboating, yes. But... But I think it manages to stay the right side yeah. of that line yeah. almost throughout, and I, I thought it was a splendid yeah. thing. I mean, we haven't mentioned the B word. I mean, this is a huge, and, and um, obviously, Ian, that you you have spoken to the man behind it. This is a huge pro-Europe. We're still all of this in together. Yes. This is the future. This is actually quite positive. And that's what I really liked about it, the art, mm. futurism, positivism. Yeah actually do still exist and we can all we can all definitely yeah and obviously the, the word gone? the word is not on the record doesn't mm, mention no. brexit at no, all no no but uh yeah and i mean the me obviously it's pretty pro ardent you know pro european yeah. yeah. um it, it, this is a you know this is a step backwards what britain has done here 
But um, I know it's optimistic, as Alex said. You know, it gives you it kind of gives you hope. Mm. You know, as an optimistic mm. spirit there. Yeah, I really think no, so. exactly like Lynn w- mm. was saying on the progress on equality. I think it's the mm. same thing. We're we're just observing this pattern that all these things are like a cha-cha. They're sort of two steps forward, mm. one yeah. step back, yeah, two steps mm. forward, one step mm. back. Mm. We just have to stick with it and trust that the overall direction is... Yes, yes. Right. I think the ultimate saying, you know, the idea that, you know, Berlin is about Berlin, it's about all cities, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's when, a when love we are, letter to the city, isn't it? It is. It? And so when the cities are starting to awake again yeah. and do what they're meant to do, yeah. I mean, this is... You know, I mean, mm. I, can't, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I've been to see two groups. I actually saw public service broadcasting uh, in the Amersham Arms. Well, there you go. You're almost ago. in them. <laughs> and it was in a pub, back room of a pub. Mm. And it was absolutely fantastic. Mm. You know, they didn't actually play. They only played two songs off um, this new one. It was all, mm. it was all the old, you know, older material. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's. Um, I, I hadn't thought of this, but as you were talking just then, I thought it's also interesting that politically, the last five to ten years all over the world the cities have taken a battering Mm. from the countryside in terms of political choices Mm -hmm. you get all these political choices including Trump including Mm -hmm. um, you know Brexit Mm -hmm. that are effectively Mm -hmm. imposed by the shires Mm -hmm. on urban centres that vote completely the other way but Mm -hmm. they're ignored so so that's quite an interesting element that it's a love letter to cities Mm -hmm. in general I like that Mm -hmm. well I think we'd all recommend it Mm -hmm. the album is out now Right, time for another song selection from one of our guests, Linville Golding. Mm. What have you brought in today from your current crop of things that you're listening to? I, I would definitely say um, this little band called Easy Life. Mm-hmm. And who are they? Um, they're from Leicester. Mm-hmm. And, and and the connection between Easy Life and us, right, we, we, they were like a band called By the Rivers, young lads. And they just remind me so much of um, mm. the young U, um, UB40. All right. I would yeah. take them on tour with us. And they actually have a little, you know, break between them and they what come out of that break mm. um, is Easy Life I love what they do they kind of remind me of this is a, a young band coming up which is it, which is going to as far as we're concerned we're passing the baton on to them okay. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and I trust and I feel very confident okay. they will take it on to the next level remember you can hear all these tracks that played today on our Spotify playlist just search Bunker Playlist now, Sean and I have also had a preview peek at Sweetheart this week out in cinemas today. The film follows socially awkward AJ, played by Nell Barlow, on holiday with her dysfunctional family in a caravan park in Dorset. <laughs> She's determined to isolate herself and not to have a good time. That is, until she meets and falls for the seemingly perfect lifeguard, Isla, played by Ella Ray Smith, who might just be the girl of her dreams. The film also stars the excellent Sofia Di Martino, whom we have championed on the show, particularly for her role in Marvel's. Yes, and probably Loki. I have. <laughs> in Marvel's what it is, Alex, Loki. I've championed it. Yeah. Here's a little trailer. Oh, cows! <laughs> you do realise that the breeding of cows is like the number one cause of deforestation. What? I don't like the spelling of your name. Right, I'm going to go and check us in. Are you coming? Why do you guys all just look the same? What's the Wi-Fi code? There isn't any Wi-Fi. I was perfectly fine at home, but Mum insisted. Where's my dead Jesus jumper? You can be gay and, you know... Here we go. Look like a girl. (sighs) Why can't I just do what I want to do? Because it changes every five minutes. That's why. Sean, Sweetheart won the Audience Award at the Glasgow Film Festival, and it's easy to see why, right? It's it's a proper feel-good 
crowd pleaser. It is. The protagonist, as we say, is AJ, who's really called April. But she is April Jane. <laughs> April Jane. <laughs> but she doesn't want that on her. Um, she's already discovered that she prefers women to men. She's seventeen years old. She's on a holiday. She doesn't want to go. <laughs> she's Families ter- again. Yeah, yeah, she's terribly emo. So she has this wonderful sort of almost bowl cut hair with a big flat hat on <laughs> all the time, and she's covered up at least two layers all the time. And how much did I relate? to that teenage girl not wanting to go on a beach holiday. Could I just say my partner said early on in the film that she looks a little bit like um, Kathy Burke from Kevin and Perry. Oh, but that's to do with Um, such a disservice. She's beautiful. But there's some, you know, there's something about that slouch, yeah, Mm. unwillingness, that teenage unwillingness to engage. And the gawkiness, uncomfortable with your own body, all those things that we all go through and maybe we never really get over. Um, And and I think she's incredible in this. I think it's her performance that pulls it through. I think that she has a family who are sometimes, I think, a little bit too on the side of being being a bit mean, a bit nasty, bit, you know, sort of yeah, pointed. Yeah, I, I wrote in the introduction this. that oh, they were did, a dysfunctional but loving family. <laughs> and Which you I put, put in square brackets, mark. I beg to differ <laughs> with many, many exclamations. Yes, I think they're really horrible to her. And sometimes I think that is, it, it's, it's peddled quite heavily, that particular mm. um, line. But she finds this very beautiful lifeguard who is extremely flirtatious with, we realise, both sexes. Mm. And it's really difficult for her to decide, for the main character, AJ, to decide what she wants to do. But it's just beautifully done. And I'd say she carries it. I really did identify with her far too much. Uh, it's a really... Sweetheart is the name. It's a sweet, sweet film. It's mm. very simple in that way. Um, but I loved watching this. It was an absolute delight, I felt. What were your thoughts, Alex? I found it difficult not to draw parallels with Call Me By Your Name. Um, Which I love. It, it, I mean, mm. and I and I just felt it's a little bit unfair that gay men get their coming-of-age <laughs> stories told by Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer in, in frolicking around yeah, Roman ruins <laughs> in the sparkling yes. Lombardy sa- sunlight. You're right, and, you're right. And poor gay women get a caravan park yeah. in Dorset. Yes. Um, I thought the film was, in a way, quite formulaic. Mm. And I don't mean that as a as a, a slight mm. um, you know formulas work and there's nothing wrong with them and I think owning the coming of age rom-com mm. formula to tell LBGTQ plus stories is actually both sub- subversive and a sign of progress mm-hmm. in, a real, mm-hmm. in a real way I thought the performances was great including Sofia Di Martino as the I, horrible sister. So yeah, she's, the, she's a as horrible the, pregnant as, older yes, sister. Yes, as the really look nasty. at me. Sounds like a great she line. Is, um, she's, yeah. No, she's Stephen Dush's cinematography, again, you know, common thread with mm. The Farewell, mm. made the ordinary actually look quite yes. translucent in, yes. a, in a strange way, quite lyrical. Um, I mean, my, my one minor complaint would be that very much in the British tradition... I found the group scenes, Mm. because they're all recorded one-shot line Mm. over-the-shoulder reaction, Mm. one-shot line over-the-shoulder reaction, made it look quite televisual. Um, And and I just thought in some of the biggest scenes, it would have benefited from wider shots to let the actors play with each other 
in real time mm. rather than just doing mm. the the back and forth of uh, of uh, but but it's a very minor criticism yes. of a film that I thought was very warm, very generous, had a really beautiful heart at its centre. But also knows how awful a British holiday can be. And there's a horrible disco and a I rubbish I thought it made it look great. Oh, I no, but you haven't been there. What's wrong with a horrible <laughs> with British a, holiday? Well, I've had too many of them. <laughs> Maybe because <laughs> I've never kid. been there, it made it made it look quite... There's quite... something holiday camp about yes. where they are, even though it's a caravan mm. park. And um, having sat through... Holiday camp entertainment as a kid in these horrible oh, come little on, you go back to it. <laughs> yes, you I'm will. Scott King. The, the film is written and directed by Marley Morrison, and yeah. we should mention that because yeah, it's, a, it's a feature-length debut. Yeah. Yeah. And what an assured debut it is. Yeah. Do films like this and The Farewell, for that matter, mm. absolutely vindicate the recent drive in the film industry to give a platform to female voices? I don't think this story could ever be told in this way by a man. Not in this way, no. And I have started watching more BBC drama, sometimes for this show, just, just sometimes look at it, and looking at someone who is directed by a man and, and thinking how different it would be. Vigil is quite a good example of mm. a female story, mm. but you can tell that it's... From him, yeah. it, it, I know that, that some people can poo-poo that, but um, I think that women's stories told by women are just so very, very different. It's really, really important. And... Um, it's so hard to make a film, to get funding. As we know. Yes. It's so hard to get the thing out just in all the layers of practicality um, that it, we really should flag up every time and just, you know, wave the flag for yeah, this. It just makes me look forward to what this woman uh, absolutely. will Absolutely. If this is her debut, next. then, you know. Um, or, or the, the, I also thought it was quite ironic that, you know, because recently... Uh, media Minister John Whittingdale mm. said that, you know, we need to put more Britishness <laughs> in our cultural uh, output. Mm. Um, and, and I thought the film dripped <laughs> with Britishness yes. because it was diverse, it was progressive, yes. it was woke in the yeah. best way. I don't think this is the sort of Britishness he wanted, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's what he's going to get. <laughs> yeah, he wants ginger spice in a, mm. in a Union yeah, Jack miniskirt, yeah, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Sweetheart is out on limited cinema release now. Finally, a new special regular for our Patreon people as we ask our star guests for their favourite record of all time and why. Linville, what's yours? It's got to be Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. Just my hey. I just love that vibe of that record. Everything about it is fire, the music, the guitar, everything. It's just beautiful arrangement, you know? And Let then, us yeah. luxuriate mm. in its sound for a moment. And just a final reminder that you can find all those trucks on the Bunker playlist. We're at the end of the podcast and it's closing time chatter. What will we be discussing while we pinch someone's half-drunk pint of lager in a static caravan mm. car park in Dorset? Not that I've ever done that before. Ian? Is, it, it, I'm doing it now. I'm looking <laughs> at people. I'm talking to them. We are office opened a last week and it's uh, I enjoy it so much more than just being alone with the screen you know I mean it's, it's so many things you get intangible things tangible things some things you don't like particularly you know some things you do it's, it, it, we're not meant to be isolated creatures we are meant mm. to be amongst we are social our, beings yeah. we are social beings amongst yeah. our fellows disagreeing with them or agreeing with them whatever yeah. it just I mean I, I feel dead different you know 
And, and and myself, I feel I'm, very different. I'm quite conflicted, I have to say. I mean, I love spending time with people. I just wish someone could wash me, clothe me and beam me. Mm. There, because I hate getting ready and going on transport, and right. and I had really enjoyed that working from home mm. thing. Mm. You can just fall out of bed yeah, ten minutes to have a coffee and get. Well, the thing is, that that's the weird thing. Even though I've, been, I've spent so much time at home, I don't really feel like I've been at home, you know, because there's been nothing in between it to differentiate mm. the working life and the home life. Mm. I mean, it must I be think, incredible being on tour. I think you're you know, allowed to do this now. Again. Getting back on stage is absolutely mm. fantastic. Mm. And um, and seeing that the audience there and and be able to react with the, the one thing that I, I miss because I I like meeting the audience everyone and have a good old chat with them mm. and because of this this pandemic we're not allowed to mm. because you know once oh, right. if anyone in our crew get ill then yeah. the old crew will get cut off so, but that's one thing I, I I really really miss just just being able to sit and drink and chat with mm. all the all mm. the fans and but it's been wonderful to get back on in tour. Back on the, you know, I think, I think, I think probably our tour is probably the first tour that's get out that, that's been out. Like, like when we did Cardiff, that was the first one, mm. and mm. you know, and um, I think in in um in Scotland as well, you know, because they just opened up, you know. Right. Mm. So to see and to see that reaction yeah. and that that, to, oh my, it was just they're loving it because they, oh. they've missed gigs as well. Oh god, they? all that time with all yeah. the, the cancellation mm. gigs have been cancelled. Yeah, because you had it all lined up. Yes, and everything. So it's been it's been really, really I'm just keep my fingers crossed that um yes. there's no other luck no other And I'm seeing you oh, tomorrow, so can yes. you be good? Yes. Yes. I haven't seen anything since two thousand nineteen, yeah. so you're the first. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, so you, you better be good. You are <laughs> her, you're yeah, taking her reconstituted yeah. cherry. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Um what's your I'm gonna have to bring the mood down, aren't oh, I? I just what? need to mention um it's a few days now, but Richard H. Kirk who has passed away mm. at 65 from Cabaret Voltaire. Just how sad it is. And when it's also, I feel somehow slightly sad that that's why I'm listening to the music. I hadn't listened for a couple mm. of years. I'm listening and I'm just blown away again about how incredible the sound is mm. you know, before sampling. And you're getting all yes. this cut up, this paste, yeah. the industrial sound, the Sheffield scene. You're, mm. you're, you're hearing connections that you hadn't heard before, all sorts of things. Mm. It's just so incredibly sad when the music mm. seems so full of energy mm. and powerful yeah. and and so life affirming. I was listening to it on the on the train here as much as, mm. you know, doing a compilation, just thinking how fantastic. And this was when I was just getting into music. So I'd see mm. them on the tubes. Yeah, so yeah. they got on yes. TV. Mm. I remember this absolutely vividly. SPK and the Radiators and yeah. there were Cabaret Voltaire. John mm. Peel played them a lot. So they were part yeah. one of that mm. even the the scene as fairly avant-garde they mm. were around they mm. were not known so I just wanted to, to really kind of celebrate there was, there was a detail that came out which I, I will mm. share which was the, the studio Western Works in Sheffield mm. and it was next door to a place that built nuclear fallout shelters oh, which it, is yes. appropriate isn't it listening to the cabs and that last record yeah. that he did alone he, yes, he did it as a solo right, yeah. record company. that was still really good as well yeah. I mean, it still sounded totally um, yeah. top, um, techno primitive yeah. you know sort of sinister paranoid you know mm. Protest, yeah. Instrumental protest music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. So protesting against all of reality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and surveillance and yeah. control mm, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, no, we will be really missed. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's terrible because I, I, you know, we're a music magazine that looks um, across the years and years ago. And it's another, you know, irreplaceable yeah. strand there. Yeah. It's gone. It so, all right, Richard precious, Yeah, mm-hmm. precious it is. Creativity, art, I and know, energy. I know. Yeah. 
What's your closing time chatter, Harry? I'm afraid I'm not going to prove your mood any. I have chosen <laughs> R. Kelly's lawyer comparing mm. him to Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. in the closing argument of the singer's mm. sex trafficking trial, saying... That's not desperate, is it? Both men held the government to account, so... Oh. Jurors must be courageous. I mean, I have so much to say about this that I have chosen to say nothing. Mm. I'm just going to let it float into the distance like a turd on the ocean. (laughs) I'd I'd just like to say um, I watched the Aretha Franklin um, film Mm. and it takes a lot to, you know, obviously I grew up with that music. That's that's, that's my era of music. And it brought tears to my eyes, you know. I thought Jennifer Hudson did a wonderful part you know she played I definitely recommend mm-hmm. this film to you okay, know great, what, what's great. her name who wrote the um, my god and he, he, oh my god what's her name I tell you the best thing for everyone please don't get as old as me because it's, <laughs> it's painful you know it, uh, can't remember don't, things. Don't, don't worry about it I can't either I mean the thing I was going to say was <laughs> I haven't seen that film yet but I've got to I don't know these lot I've watched so much telly you know everyone's watched all the films and seen all the telly <laughs> yes, I manage I, about I, like half an hour a day and even then mm, it's quite I went to the cinema and I watched it in the big screen it was mm, absolutely yeah. fantastic that's the way know? to do yeah. it yeah. yes it was yes. really wonderful great recommendation mm. wonderful so that is totally the end of the podcast now. isn't it thank you so much to Ian Harrison a pleasure and Linville Golding thank you very much good day <laughs> for being our special guest on the Culture Bunker make yourself happy pre-order protest songs 1924 to 2012 out next week thank you to producers Alex Reese and Yelena Sofronievich see you next week good night Linville good night Sean good, good night, night. The Culture Bunker was presented by Alex Andreu and Sean Patton. The assistant producer was Yelna Sofronievich. An audio production was by me, Alex Reese. Theme tune by Kenny Dickinson. The Culture Bunker is a Podmasters production.